X Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we're discussing the cost of healthy food, a major barrier for heart health, and why the USDA updated its organic food regulations. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about organic products and the regulations surrounding them. So the USDA recently updated its organic food regulations to tighten guidelines around organic products. And this update comes after a number of allegations claiming farmers have tried to sell non-organic or just conventional food products with that lucrative white and green USDA organic label. So first, before I get into it, let's just cover what, you know when is food considered organic. So the USDA has pretty stringent rules for what is considered organic. For example, every part of the supply chain is inspected from seed sources and crop conditions to pest and weed management and post-production handling. So farmers, ha- uh, farmers and handlers must document their processes and get inspected each year to earn an organic certification and be allowed to call their products organic. And currently there are quote unquote 100% organic and just organic labels, which both require certification. However, products labeled organic may contain 5% non-certified organic materials. And if the product says made with organic, only 70% of the ingredients must be organic. Products marked with organic ingredients do not require certification or a minimum amount of organic ingredients. So lots of specifications there. And while these safeguards and qualifications are in place domestically, there are varying rules in different countries that are prone to fraud and forgery. And oftentimes, when dealing with imports and exports of organic products, bills of sales and documents may be forged somewhere along the way, resulting in fraudulent labeling and ultimately misled consumers. So the new rule, which will come into effect on March 20th of this year, is the biggest change to the USDA's organic food regulations since they were first adopted in 1990. The new guidelines require the USDA's National Organic Program certification for all imported organic food, increase the certifications of more businesses in the supply chain, and boost authority for inspections, record-keeping, traceability, and fraud prevention practices. So stakeholders like farmers and producers have a year to comply with these changes. So now that we've covered this new rule, just a bit of, you know, a a major question that was on my mind is, are organic products worth that premium price? So organic farming may reduce pollution and support soil health, uh, but are organic foods actually healthier? While organic diets may lead to less pesticide and antibiotic exposure, they have about the same nutritional value as conventional food products. And just because a product says it's organic or has organic ingredients doesn't mean it's the healthier choice. Um, And this was a quote from the Mayo Clinic staff. And they continued, some organic products may still be high in sugar, salt, fat, or calories. So now the term organic often gets grouped with other wellness buzzwords such as natural or gluten-free, but none of these terms automatically translate to healthier. 
However, some consumers purchase organic products to avoid the pesticides rather than for perceived health benefits. And while conventional produce may have pesticides, only small amounts of residue may remain in or on the foods, according to the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA. Additionally, since organic food is not exposed to the same amount of preservatives as conventional food, organic food tends to be prone to bacteria attacks and actually have a shorter shelf life, which could lead to more food waste. Whether consumers believe organic is better, either from a health or ecological standpoint, it's up to them, but the demand for organic food doesn't seem to be shrinking. According to a report from the business research company, the global organic food market is projected to reach $294.54 billion in 2023 at a compound annual growth rate of 13.7%, which is very, very high. The new organic food regulations will help reassure consumers that when a label says organic, the product is organic. But whether organic food products are worth the premium price will always remain the consumer's choice. So I wanted to know whether, you know, you knew about this potential fraud going on with with organic foods um, and also hear your take um, about whether organic is is worth it from from either a health or price perspective or, you know, avoiding pesticides. Uh, What do you think? Oh, man. I mean, just first off, like I didn't know there were so many terms and so many like specifications, you know, 100% organic versus uh, made with organic and what all of that means. And yeah, you really stop paying attention to these labels after a while. You just see organic. You're like, oh, okay, it's organic, right? But yeah, I mean, that's really great that you brought that to light in terms of all of the specific specifications. And um Yeah, I think this was a long time coming because, yeah, you would hear rumblings about, you know, fraud happening um, in the organic market, so to say. And are these things really organic or is it just um, food companies um, somehow, you know, getting these labels through fraudulent means or and whatnot? So I think, again, this was a long time coming and I'm really happy to see that the USDA has updated um, these food regulations organic food regulations and um i wonder how they're gonna like do they have any plans to specifically target uh fraudulent uh organic labeling or um as you know i think that's also going to be an important component of this as well in terms of um you know the strict implementation uh, of these new guidelines um and the follow-through on it um, and yeah, to your question about are, you know, organic products worth the premium price? I don't know anymore. You know, I think it all started off as making sense that sure. Yeah, if it's organic, you know, they're doing so much more to ensure that there are less pesticides and um, things like that. But then later on, we're like, oh, wait, it might not be so much less. It might not be so much healthier. And so I think um, there may be shifts in attitudes, especially um, for me, I can say personally, yeah, I don't give so much emphasis or I don't really, I'm not really blown away by an organic label anymore um, just because of all of the things that um, we've come to learn over the years about organic food. And um, so it may not be worth the premium for me. Like I don't, think I personally seek out organic um, foods as often as I used to um, and um, it's again because of all of these things that we've been been hearing about and learning more um, about 
the organic space. But yeah, this is, I'm really happy to see this, um, these new guidelines uh, in place though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree from, from a personal standpoint. I also don't really prioritize organic unless it for some reason is on sale and is the same price as the <laughs> right. normal non-organic stuff that I might give like, it a try. Why is this on sale? Yeah. Like, no one's buying <laughs> organic anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate, you know, the them cracking down on this yeah. because if someone does choose to spend that extra money and buy organic, they I would hope... Be getting, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I would hope that it is. And another thing that I will point out is that it is not free to uh, get this USDA organic label ah, certification right. at all. It's it's actually quite pricey and I can't tell you the exact price. But and one thing to, to note is that some um, products are actually organic. If you're shopping more local or at a farmer's market, let's say they may, they may be organic and they may be able to tell you that, um, but they don't have the resources or the money, you know, to, to gain that certification. So, um, it, it isn't the be all end all, um, this certification, but it does, you know, it's, it's got a long legacy of, of, I guess, mistrust Mm -hmm. and maybe mistrust, um, hopefully again, trust, um, and another thing I, I didn't realize when, when I was writing this, but it makes so much sense, is that, you know, non-organic produce, like, doesn't spoil as quickly because they're, you know, it's it's more preserved. Mm. Um, and it really could lead to food waste. If you don't eat it quickly enough, it, it could spoil and, and yeah. go bad. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely advantages and disadvantages of, of both. Um, but I agree, it's it's good that they're finally cracking down on this. And food fraud is always a, a major problem, Um yeah. especially with with organic um but yeah i uh will they have a year to comply so we'll mm-hmm. see if uh if, if anything changes uh in the next year yeah absolutely and um yeah I, I think a lot of us also fail to realize um how expensive these labels can be for for um companies to purchase right like i don't think you know, I, I wasn't quite aware, but it makes sense, I guess. But like to get the certification and all of that, it costs money, it costs these com- companies money, um, which I don't know. It's just, I guess, if, sure, it makes sense because there's probably a separate body and there's like fees to pay and people have to do the work. And so there is, you know, there's a cost involved. But yeah, for smaller companies, I think that's um, that that may be hard for them to 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 add into their costs and so yeah i don't know this it seems to be a very big business the organic business and Mm -hmm. i think what it initially set out to be i think it's part it's kind of become something else in terms of like yeah it's so buzzwordy and just everyone is trying to like get in on this um it's become just more of a trend almost right Mm -hmm. To, to go organic or to be organic and i think it's lost it's organic meanings along the way um somewhat so but anyway yeah back to the usda regulations i think again long time coming i think this is the first update that they've had since like the 90s so like yeah over mm-hmm. 30 years three decades that's a long time mm-hmm. 
All right, moving on to our next story. So a new survey came out from the Cleveland Clinic that sheds light on some of the major challenges for maintaining a heart-healthy diet with the cost of food as the biggest barrier. So somewhat related to our last story. Um, So February actually marks American Heart Health Month and health officials are encouraging people to prioritize their overall well-being. But cost and accessibility are holding many people back. So according to the survey, 46% of Americans believe the cost of healthy food is the biggest barrier to eating healthy. Participants surveyed also cited a lack of time to prepare healthy meals, that was 23%, and unfamiliarity with healthy ways of cooking, and that was 20%. Validating participants' answers, a comprehensive review of 27 studies in 10 countries found that unhealthy food is about $1.50 cheaper per day than healthy food, which doesn't seem like a lot, but definitely adds up, um, especially, you know, if, if there's not much money to spend. And when feeding a large family, it generally costs less to buy from a dollar menu or purchase cheap pre-made frozen dinners. And not to mention unhealthy food tends to be more convenient and, while this is not always the case, taste better. Access to healthy food was also an issue, especially for minority communities. And the survey noted that 20% of black Americans say it was hard for them to access stores that sell healthy food compared to around 15% of white Americans. And food deserts and a lack of grocery stores continue to be a large issue in underserved communities. To help solve this persistent problem, the Cleveland Clinic actually broke ground on a $52.8 million grocery market and apartment complex in Fairfax, Cleveland back in 2021 to help to foster a healthier community by addressing food insecurity and supporting economic development in the neighborhood. So in terms of what is considered healthy food, the survey confirmed that there's still confusion among participants over what is considered healthy. And getting exercise and eating better are always a top priority, but the survey results show many are still misinformed and struggling to adapt. For example, and this was the most shocking for me, 10% of Americans chose a fast food diet as the most heart-healthy diet, with parents being two times more likely to choose it, and 45% of participants admitted to buying fast food at least once a week. Yeah. And additionally, 71% of Americans polled believed that moderate exercise had a greater impact on losing weight than diet. So um, Samir Kapadia, who is the chairman of the cardiovascular medicine at Cleveland Clinic, said, we know the large majority of heart disease is preventable through a healthier diet, regular exercise and not smoking. So we want to emphasize how important it is to make a heart healthy lifestyle a priority for everyone. Now, the Cleveland Clinic, um, you know, in saying that, recommended the Mediterranean diet as a heart-healthy diet since it combines a mix of fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, fish, and oils. But due to the cost of healthy food and lack of access in many cases, it is recommended uh, that people plan their meals in advance, buy frozen fruits and vegetables, buy in bulk, cook in large batches, and skip organic produce, (laughs) funny enough, uh, to save money. Um, And the survey results come shortly after the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended intensive therapy for children as young as six and weight loss drugs and surgery for those in their early teens. And while this recommendation could serve as a short-term remedy in some cases, access to affordable, healthy food could mitigate the need for such strong interventions. So, yeah, this this was a bit of a shocking survey. Um, And I I think, you know, the shock factor is is uh, can be a bit of a wake up call for for many people. 
um, it was just surprising to see that uh, people are very misinformed about diet and it's not necessarily their fault you know access and, and cost is is a really big issue um, and this doesn't even encompass inflation and how much more expensive food has been getting in the last year or so um, but yeah I, I wanted to know you know your thoughts on um, not just the survey, but also, um, you know, this this recommendation for, for children with weight loss surgery and drugs. We were touching on it a little bit outside of the podcast, but do you think that, you know, access to, to cheaper um, and healthier food could potentially mitigate the need for, for these really strong interventions? Absolutely, without a doubt. And it's uh, very, very sad to see that in a country like America that you still have these challenges where people don't have access to fresh, healthy food. I mean, you would think it's such a basic concept idea, but for some reason, there's no incentive behind it. I mean, if governments want, they can, you know, um, incentivize anything they want, to to Mm -hmm. be honest. And I just feel that... The fact that they are not uh, prioritizing this, um, it, it, it's very telling. And um, it, it, again, it's it's such a huge concern. It's so, so concerning. And to get people's, and to see this, how this translates in, in the real world, where 46% of people, you know, are believe that the cost of healthy food is the biggest barrier to eating healthy. I mean, how telling is that? It's, it's just, it's unacceptable, again, in times like, these, especially when we have so much knowledge, so much more awareness around um, health and disease and the, the factors and what goes into uh, a healthy lifestyle and diet is recognized as a huge part of that. And so it's very concerning. We've long known fast food is not a healthy way to go, and yet it remains incentivized to be so cheap. You know, um, again, why is Coke so much cheaper than a bottle of water and things like that again there are incentives behind these things these are these are policy level things that um um lead to where we are right now Mm -hmm. and so it's just completely unacceptable and then at the same time you have the american academy of pediatrics recommending intensive therapy for kids as young as six uh to include things like weight loss drugs and surgery for you know adolescents and kids in their early teens i mean uh, like again what are we incentivizing you know here like it's it's just mind-boggling boggling to me and um Again, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not, you know, a pediatrician either. But I can see that there are other interventions that, you know, are equally, if not more effective than jumping to things like surgery and weight loss drugs. And I think our priorities are just in the wrong places. And it's kind of maddening and inferior, inferior, infuriating to me. I'm sorry. I'm so infuriated by this. But um yeah, food deserts. We keep hearing about all of these things, but what's being done? I have no idea. I'd like to know. Yeah, I I completely share your you know anger with this because it, it and not to sound like a conspiracy theory, but mm. it it almost like seems like someone's in someone's 
pocket in, oh, in yeah. some way, shape, or you form. You have lobbyists. You have yeah. so much at play. It's all policy, it, right? It, it, Politics. It, because yeah. th- that recommendation is implying that, uh, you know, we're too far gone to try anything else. Yeah, it's kind of, they're saying, well, we've tried everything. We've mm-hmm. tried giving people the healthy diets. Yeah, okay, we can see that 46% of based on the survey are not getting access to that. Mm-hmm. You know? And and now it's, you know, it, it's, it was up to the, the Cleveland Clinic and other, um, you know, organi- health organizations to uh, open their own grocery markets. And, and I really appreciate that. Yes, actually, um, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. But, sure. you know, that's, yeah. that's one neighborhood um, serving, you know, however, thousands of people, which mm-hmm. is fantastic, but it's it nowhere is. near solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Systemic wide problem. That, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and yeah, that, that recommendation was so shocking. And it almost feels like it doesn't you know is the american academy of pediatrics yeah. really credible for that it's just like it, it yeah there, there it feels like there are so many missteps in in just going to that um because i really don't think america is too far gone i think there's so many more things to be done okay. before <laughs> I, I mean they're we, foregone maybe <laughs> long gone in other ways but yeah yes yes um it just yeah it just feels like you're you're jumping to the 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 last resort before mm-hmm. really really giving other things a try and 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 from a price perspective i mean given the healthcare system um in America, I, I also I didn't read too far into this, but I wonder, you know, will these drugs and surgeries yeah. and therapies be subsidized, um, or, uh, or or will they be a direct cost? Like I I, I really don't know. And and is it really cheaper to to provide all these medical interventions than, um, you know, fresh produce? <laughs> you know, know, like it, it, that would be concerning if it is cheaper to medicate yeah, yeah it, it really I would wouldn't be. be surprised at mm-hmm. that, you know with what i'm reading here like that would it's cheaper to medicate than to you know mm. buy a healthy salad or components for a salad it's that's a sad state of affairs if that's the route we're going and it also feels like you know this this recommendation based off what you know we've talked about we've talked about in in the life science podcast and with with some of these weight loss drugs um, mm-hmm. they don't really seem like a permanent solution either yeah. it feels like yeah. you you have to continue taking them otherwise yeah. you know you may gain the weight back and also gastric bypass surgery can work uh you know um but i don't know if it's always a, a long-term permanent solution yeah and as, if everyone's eligible and um you know mm-hmm. you, it, there's just so many complications associated with like medical interventions right mm-hmm. it could lead to a whole host of other problems mm-hmm. and may and not everyone may be eligible and so it's uh, to again prioritize medical interventions before you've really addressed you know the basics mm-hmm. in, in terms of um diet uh that is very problematic and it, mm-hmm. it's it's a red flag to me mm-hmm. and i i have trouble uh you know blaming parents it's it's mm-hmm. like in in some cases you know maybe it's it's just ignorance and and whatever but it's oftentimes it's yeah they they can't afford it or they don't know or they're missing like they're just misinformed like there's there's so many factors and and so that's why i I have trouble like blaming parents i blame also yeah yeah yeah, the education system i mean Mm -hmm. it would be so much more helpful to instill in children you know healthy eating and and exercise um without 
uh, and you know like without needing to just like medicate well yeah exactly without needing to medicate or or that being the last resort it always mm. feels like that should be the last resort so it's it's so unsettling um this recommendation and 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 you know it's like this this survey was shocking but it was like okay now we have this information and what for, are we going to do about it? With it right mm-hmm. right yeah and yeah like not addressing or having guidelines to 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 you know erase these barriers or to make it easier for americans to have access to healthy food um i'm the fact that nothing's being done about that yeah and that's very telling mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but, uh, but this is a very great um this is, it was a very great survey and like you said the initiative uh, that the cleveland clinic is taking and uh um, in terms of, uh, you know, setting up some programs for, for some people, at least, um, in the local community to help, um, you know, foster a healthy community. I think that's really great. And we need, I guess, more of these kinds of grassroots initiatives, um, because obviously at a systemic level, at a government policy level, nothing's really being done. So Mm -hmm. it just seems that, if anything, um, probably these kinds of grassroots initiatives and movements um, are, are needed more so now than ever. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And and it may take, you know, several generations, yeah. um, you know, even even if people do have access to um, healthier, fresh foods, like it, it could take a very, very long time to sort of like shift the mindset um, mm. of, of people, even, you know, even if it does yeah, become more affordable, it, it could take a while. But I don't think that's not an excuse to, to not try and to go right yeah. to, you know, medication and medi- medical interventions. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's disappointing, but this is a good it's a good start. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, hopefully we see some some more programs, you know, from the government and not leave it up to, you know, organizations to yeah. uh, to, to fund these things themselves. But yeah, I, I really appreciate your your take on this. Likewise. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.